How are we doing, everybody? We are back here with another episode of A Tip of the Cap. Fun fact, I'm actually not wearing a hat while I do this, but you can pretend. I am sitting here with this week's guest. He is the modified baseball coach with me over yonder in Lancaster. Um, and he is the facility manager of the the palace formerly known as New Era Park, currently and henceforth known as the Athlete Factory, I'm told? Oh, yeah, that's true. That's that's absolutely the uh, the correct case. Uh, there's a lot of verbiage in there. I was, like, I, was, I was like, I need a dictionary just to listen to you talk. That was listen, man, of, I got a gift of gab, all right? I, I understand. I get it. Gift of gab it's rolling. and the gift of jab. I get it. I wouldn't right fight now. me. <laughs> um, funny story, me and Austin have been friends for a long, long time, dating back to somewhere around what would have been our modified baseball days. Um... Back then, Lancaster only had a modified team for seventh, eighth, and ninth grade. One hundred and fifty-seven kids tried out, and I don't, I, I don't know how, I don't know how it was managed, but they figured it out eventually. Um, but in that time, we we've actually had a lot of sports debates, covered a lot of sports many, many topics, discussions. many, many discussions. discussions. Almost yes. got kicked out of a dorm at Fredonia for arguing I mean, really, about calling them discussions is it's probably really nice. Very, really very, 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 very loud disagreements. Oh yes, uh, we've always talked that we would be. Kind of a down home, more local version of Mike and Mike. like Mike and Mike in the morning, where I'm right. the guy who I was there, mm-hmm. I've seen it, I've played it, and he's the analytical, anal- yeah, he's guy, absolutely from an outsider perspective, right? Yeah. So we are here, and uh, what's up, man? Nothing. Uh, you know, like I said, we've been talking about this for the better part of 20 years. I, can you believe uh, it? Okay, we're we're old. going on 20 years. We are old. Yeah, this is uh, unreal. Uh. But, uh, it's taken us this long to actually. Sit down get, and actually put... Right. Get, yeah, get the mics, get the ball of the laptop, and actually... Pen pen to paper, if you will. Yes, do something modern, like modern pen to modern paper. Right. So we've actually... The funny funny part about this is we've kind of been talking about shooting this episode for... Continuously for about three days. Um, but more more or less, you know, for the last couple of weeks, like him and uh, him and Neil Turvey, who he works with over at the Athlete Factory, which is going to be very strange for me to say... Um, <laughs> going to be the palace in my mind for the rest of my life but that's you know neither here nor there um yeah they sat down and listened to my talk with uh chris gresham who got his start the same way i did at inferno which was then new era now the athlete factory um and said he you know he expressed interest in coming on and talking we don't really know what we're going to talk about quite yet we uh we've we've rattled a lot of stuff around here no, yeah, no. Jaws and I have ADD sports wise. Oh my god, like you wouldn't it's great. believe. I it's mean, great. If, if we stick to just baseball, I think that's honestly a pretty, that's a quality accomplishment. Very true. That we didn't spill into any other sport. Very, very true. Talking to this, but well, so far we're on topic and we're three minutes in. Good start. Right, right. Yeah, we're good. We're good. So, well, first, I mean, you're you're you have a a more we'll call it a more modern perspective on this. Now, I I got my start in coaching travel ball, which. I coached for New Era when New Era was the only game in town, and you could really say that it was it was top dog because there was no other dog. Correct. Yeah, you were. We were literally the only dog in the fight at yeah. one point in time. It, it was us and nobody else. And right around the time that other other organizations and programs started popping up, um, I got the job at Lancaster, and I had one year of overlap where I did both at the same time. And I mean, you want to talk about a busy a busy year? Like, I mean, starting. With a coaching conference in January, then starting in March and not being done. Because I also played at that time, too. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I still play ball, but, you know, so high school, Muni, 
and coaching at New Era was, I'm pretty sure that was, that may have been, yeah, that had to have been my last year coaching New Era when I had that 15U team. Um, because after that I got the job with the county and couldn't, couldn't travel anymore. But the, uh, you have a more modern perspective with being a high school coach and a travel coach at the same time. And I'd kind of like to kind of like to start there. Let's dip our toes into that. Ah, sure. We can, we can start with that. I can tell you it, it is a lot of baseball. It is a Copious lot of, of baseball. baseball. Yes. I mean, I know that, uh, I mean, it's some guy that obviously we're both very close to coach Alfonso, who's the, the varsity coach at Lancaster. Um, you know, we get to the end of the varsity season and he's like, I can't wait to go on vacation. Um, uh, you know, he takes the you whole know, family away and it takes a he, lot of his time up. He, he, he says that, <laughs> but like a day after our season end, he's like, I'm bored. When can we start up? So right, he's, yeah. he's, he's always he also does, about it. he does lessons all summer. That's true too. So he, he does, he does, he wishes he could do more. True. He's trust me. So we, uh, but no, it is, it is a lot of baseball. Like you said, I mean, when we go to the coaching conference every year in January, which is always a good time. I mean, that kind of kicks off our, our year every year. Um, and then, you know, tryouts are, you know, pitches and catches report in early March and everybody else reports the week after. And then it's tryouts and school five, six days a week, right through June. And then literally I missed my first travel game of the season because I still had a school game. Like it overlapped yeah. literally one day. Um, and I hit the ground running and now I'm 45, 50 games into my travel season. So, I mean, um, we're, we're finishing up here. The, the last tournament of the weekend is, uh, the cap classic, which is coming up this week. And uh, and then we're done. And then we, have, believe it or not, we have tryouts next week. And I was going to say, I know ball, and it's I've, it'll be I've, another twenty games of fall ball, and we'll finish. I've seen other, you know, other programs, you know, posting. I know Full Circuit's got their tryouts posted. I know Academy's got theirs. I saw your guys, you know, which is Aces baseball now. Oh, oh, it's Aces baseball. Yes, Aces yes, baseball yes, at the Athlete Factory. Correct. Yes. So would could we even say that you're the Athlete Aces? I don't know if anybody's going to say that, but you can say that. Sure, yeah, we'll go with that. That's I that. say whatever <laughs> I want. It's my show. That's right, right. Yeah, you're, you're the guy. I am the guy. You're the guy tipping the, the imaginary cap you're not wearing right now. No, right no, but it's a great picture. If, you, if you've seen the picture from it's, – it's actually live action, me in a game. I didn't, never knew I did it, but apparently <laughs> I do. So um, so I mean, on top of it being a lot of baseball, like, well, what's the biggest difference you see between high school ball and – I mean, because you – every year, you know, and it, it didn't happen this year because, you know – Lancaster had a little bit of a down year, but normally we, you know, as our teams end, we invite and kind of expect the, you know, the underclassmen coaches to join us in the dugout on the bench for the varsity team, like a lot of other programs do. Sure. You know, the, the interesting part with the very first time we made a Far West Regional, me and Mark went out there with our team of 14, mostly underclassmen. You know, that was uh, Joe Preziuso's freshman year, Steckel's sophomore year, stuff like that. You know, so, I mean, Joe Pa started on the mound. Put a freshman against a team that basically, I don't know if they went to, they went to the state final. I don't, know, I don't remember if they won it. But, like, they're a team of 28. They had, like, nine coaches. I'm like, would they have a coach per position? Like, what is this, you know, like, college, big-time college football? And then there's just me and Mark. So we started bringing people up. This year we didn't have the opportunity. So you've seen things on the varsity level you've you've worked with us here and there we're trying to get you to come to florida with us eventually what is the biggest difference you see between travel ball and high school ball Ooh, you know what that's an excellent question right from the get-go we're here literally diving right into it um coming in hot what yes. we do. <laughs> you know what um i think a lot of the with with school ball is that uh, as much as it's it's development and it's it's how to do things the right way and, and how we do things you know what we call the lancaster way and how we feel is, is the right way to do things 
um, versus people who are, are, are paying to play for a travel organization where um, not that playing time isn't earned, but that there are expectations for playing time that, that, that happen in travel ball that don't happen in school ball. That for school, at almost every level, your playing time is earned and it is about uh, production. And, and how you carry yourself as both an individual, as a person, as a human being, as a man, as a young man in some cases, um, as just as much as what you've done for me on the baseball field. Um, whereas as far as travel ball goes, there's a lot of uh, playing time, uh, not only rules that we have to follow, but sure. That like, so for instance, at that, that, uh, New Era, where I work now, um, that it's a minimum of 60%. So right. nobody that's, for, the, for the whole summer. Nobody that's plays absolutely less how that was when I was there too. Um, you know, and if you want more than that, then anything north of sixty percent is based on production. So that's uh, that's those are the guidelines that we follow. And I can tell you, I do kind of institute a little bit of that in my Lancaster program as well, specifically at the, at the modified level. Right. Middle schoolers. Right. Um, everybody needs a chance to develop. Everybody's got to be used. It's I have to see what these guys are made of and modified so that. Um, I kind of deal with a lot of the growing pains for, of middle schoolers so that we, we kind of hash out and kind of weed through some rough patches so when they get to high school, they hit the ground running and we can be very successful as a program. Right. Yeah, and it's, it's funny because, I mean, that's, you know, uh, back when I coached for, you know, Inferno slash New Era, um, it was always the same thing. It was always, you know, 60%. If somebody was below 60%, there better be a reason for it. Sure. You know, and it, that was always very, very easy to vocalize. Like, well... Listen, this kid. It was you know one. It was his turn to start a game on the mound, and he told me he pitched the day before, so he basically couldn't throw that day. So I'm not gonna cause like bump another kid out of position so he can play that day because he decided to throw for somebody else. Mm -hmm. Which I mean, it's not punishing a kid, but at the same time, like. I was always want to be like, hey man, this is your day. Like this is what I'm planning on throwing you this week. Or like, you know, my, my tournament guys knew they were my tournament guys. You know, they they knew my they were my weekend guys. Right. And, hey, listen, every Friday you're my guy. We're going after yeah. game one. We're going after W. You're my you're, you're, my you're the you're the dude. You know, let's yeah. let's get after it. Um, and you know what's unfortunate is that a lot of kids in that situation they kind of view that as a negative, and really what they don't understand is it's a health and safety thing. You just threw sixty pitches yesterday. No, I I can't throw you today. I, as right. much as I may want to. I'm not going to do that. That this game today is not more important than your your career and your career longevity. No, we're not going to throw back to back days like that. That's not. That is something that I wish more people understood. Like I wish we didn't need pitch count rules. Sure, that, that people were just aware of what they're doing to young arms. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know what I mean. One of my you know you know when I was talking to Gresh last week, we talked about uh, you know he brought up Mark Armstrong, and you know I remember he was unbelievable in high school. I mean. Yeah. Unreal Un high school. Absolutely almost unbeatable. I put the almost asterisk because we, we beat him once and we, we should have beat him a second time, but I won't go there because I'm sour apples about it and I don't even get my blood pressure up any higher than it probably already is right now. But I remember very distinctly there was a game. We played them at our place and it was our senior year or our senior year. It was his senior year It was and it was him and, him and Ryan Steckle in an Hour and forty-seven minute, nine inning combined one hitter, and neither one of them gave up the hit. I actually had to uh, go to my bullpen in going into the ninth, and you know that kid he ended up having a short warm-up time because things were going so fast, um, you know, and it was just kind of a hustle and bustle thing. I think Steckel was around a hundred pitches, Armstrong was up around 
like probably around the same. Again, we're talking about a nine inning game here, so they had both thrown eight innings. Um, you know, both teams put on some good at bats, and you know, I I ended up taking the kid out, and you know, I, I think back like when he came off the mound in the eighth, and I was like, Stack, how you feeling? You know, this is where you're at. How do you feel? He said, I'm I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And then two outs in the inning, he said, Coach, I can't. You know, I'm I'm a coach that I I want I want I want my guys to talk to me. I want my guys to tell me these things. At well, the same there, token, there's being tough and there's being stupid. Right. I mean, I, I want I want you to tell you, you stub your toe. Yeah. I might tell you to get back out there. You know what I mean? You tell me your arm, your shoulder. You know what I mean? A knee. Or, something, I, or something you're serious. just you're just you're just running out of gas. Right. You know I, you know especially back then, like did I did I know that he was probably near his limit if not over it? Yeah, probably. But at the same token, do I think he? Do I think he cared until like he caught his breath a little bit and said, "Oh crap, I'm going into the ninth inning of a game"? Uh, no, should I have pulled him and planned that a little better? Probably. You know, I, I was you know I was a younger coach at the time. I make the mistake. Um, you know, but I mean, that trust that we put in our players sometimes goes a little kind of works against us. I mean, I know that there was a guy who pitched for me this past year on varsity who threw a game on a Sunday and two days later went to a Legion game and was slated to start and goes out, throws, and he's struggling in the second inning against a team he shouldn't be struggling against. The guy who's coaching the Legion team goes, "What? what's up with Ben? And, you know, I'm, I, I apologize. I'm try, I try not to use players' names who are still around Actively the high school game. Yeah. But, uh, you know, what, what's wrong with player A? And somebody else on the bench went, well, he just threw 90 pitches two days ago. And the Legion coach was rightfully upset because – He's another guy who is about player development. It's about seeing the best for kids and throwing 90 pitches on Sunday and coming back for a start on Tuesday is probably not intelligent. Right. So. I mean, and really, and the awful thing is when you look at the, the statistics about it, it's it, Tommy John surgery has, has blown up over the last few years. Um, I mean, just quickly looking at some, some stats here that we have that 57% of all Tommy John surgeries are from kids ages 15 and 19 years old. I mean, that's incredible. 57% of all Tommy John surgeries are, are teenagers, which kind of blows my mind. Right. I mean, and that, I mean, starting in 2015 going, for, going forward, I mean, 25% of all major league pitchers at all levels, single age, whatever, any professional pitcher, 25% of all pitchers have had some form of Tommy John. I mean, it, it's growing exponentially every year. I mean, we're up 6% on average every year for Tommy John surgeries going back to 2015. Which, so I know it's only, it's only four years ago, but I mean... Something's something bad is growing six percent every year. I mean, that's not. I don't care if it's one percent. I mean, it's right because people aren't taking breaks. People aren't putting the baseball down at some point. People are constantly throwing bullpens and, and, and doing more throwing than they should do. Or, and it sounds bad saying, or they're they're lying to their coaches, or they're lying by omission, not mentioning that they threw two days ago, knowing full well if they did tell their coach, they would immediately not be throwing in that game for fear of repercussions. And it's just we've gotten to the point now where. Um, it's it really it's it's become an epidemic, and I think there's kind of like a a laughing joke going around where I will just have Tommy John. They're gonna take the thing from your ankle, they're gonna put it in your elbow, you'll be just fine. Right, you're gonna be better than you were before. Well, and it's and I think some of that comes from too. Um, kids are throwing, not just kids, people are throwing a lot harder, a lot younger. Oh, for sure. For I, sure. mean, I mean, the Yankees got some guy in their farm system who's like 19. He's throwing like 101. And it's right. like, I, I don't know that I... I <laughs> that's just I, ridiculous. And that, that's, really, that's really where, you know, 
I think a lot of the issue comes from is, you know, we're we're hammering velo so so much. And I mean, and I know I do it on the varsity level because to some extent, you know, that kid that throws 61, 62 is going to be effective for an inning. You know, because nobody's used to seeing that slow at in ECIC one. Right. You know, if you know you can throw sixty one and knock dimes, then yeah, dude, I can use you. But right. you know, if most most kids aren't doing that. Right. You know. Um but I think we hammer velo so hard these days that the arms are throwing harder and harder and harder. I mean, there was a point, you know, I mean just, just in my tenure at Lancaster, when I took Joe Pa and Steckel as a freshman and sophomore, who were two of the best pitchers I've coached through high school, they were both sitting 72 to, like, topping out at mm-hmm. maybe 75. Right. Nowadays, I mean, 72 is a, eh, maybe. Right. For me. I mean, I got, I'm going to have four guys coming back next year trying out for the team that are touching 80. Mm-hmm. Two of them are going to be sophomore, or two of them are going to be juniors. One is going to be a sophomore. Right. You know, I mean, you got guys down on, you know, you were telling me you got guys down on modified that are mid seventies. I was just say seventy five, seventy three. Yes. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, I, I I think that has a lot to do with it, just putting strain on underdeveloped arms. And that's well, that's 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 all sports. I mean, again, not that not the cross, you know, sport. As we, as we said, I might too. I mean, 15, Seventeen minutes in, here we yeah, go. Yeah, right here we go. Ah, just you know, people in football, bigger, faster, stronger. People in baseball, bigger, faster, stronger. We're hitting balls harder than we've ever hit them before. I mean, your reaction timing has to be better than it's ever been before. Uh, you know what I mean? Like Gene Carlos Stanton played a handful of games in, in, in this injury played Yankee season, and in the five games he played before, in between DL stints, he had three of the hardest hit balls in all of Major League Baseball all season. Like right. he hit like he hit like one hundred and fifteen three times in five games because the dudes just. At 6'6", 275, he should have been playing defensive end. You know what I mean? And instead, he's well, ripping I mean, baseballs at 118 miles an hour. And it's You know, I mean, I mean that that's a lot of it, too, is I think, you know, I'm hoping that, I mean, there because there is a new trend in, you know, in prep baseball, which, you know, is the term I like to use when we talk about this general cornucopia of types of baseball. Um, you know, there's this trend in, in in prep baseball of training the body, not just training the baseball side of it, mm-hmm. you know, and a, and a lot of programs are now adding in <clears throat> different weightlifting regimens, whether it's, you know, plyo and stability stuff, whether it's mostly body weight, whether it's, you know, conjugate, whether it's, you know, West side barbell, no matter what it is that you're using, like there, there's some, some type of guidance toward getting in the weight room and building your body to handle what we're asking it to do, which I think is a huge thing. And, and, see, and you know, it's funny that the Neil Turvey and I talk about all the time and just in our many, many conversations that what we do for a living. And, uh, and that's exactly it. That, you know, that the parents that want their kids to throw multiple times a week, they want multiple bullpens, multiple long toss, then they do band work. Then they, then they throw a flat ground, then they throw another bullpen. Then they have their start on Friday. Then on Monday, they throw another bullpen. And then it's, it gets heavy and what they don't understand is, like, they go, well, well, major leaguers do that. Like, that's a major league regiment. And I go, yeah, that's fine. For a, a 26-year-old man who's in his adult body, who trains as a professional athlete year-round with weight training, core work, stability, flexibility, whatever your, your workout of choice is, they're working on it all the time. They're not a, 
a 15-year-old boy who hasn't fully grown into his body yet trying to throw 100 pitches or 200 over a weekend or or 300 in a week or some whatever ridiculous number it is, you're asking your body to do something that it is not physically matured enough to handle, which is why 57% of all Tommy John surgeries are 15 to 19-year-olds when your body is underdeveloped and you are asking it to do too much. Right. And, and people just go, oh, I know, I, don't, I don't know about that. I, oh, I didn't know. It's just, you know what I mean? It's just, I don't know if it's ignoring the facts or just not caring because we, we have to win this 12U game. We have to. We got to win it right now. We have to go. I mean, not that I'm picking on 12U's. Any level. It's that this random summer game is more important there, than their career. There's, there's absolutely no game that winning matters more than the health of a kid high school aged or down. 100%. And I, 100%. I, 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 I feel that way for colleges too. And I know, you know, I've known a couple kids that have gone into colleges where, you know, back when they went, you know, maybe there, maybe the, maybe the knowledge wasn't there. Maybe the, the coaching, maybe the, the, the wherewithal, the give a damn, whatever you want to call it was there. And it was, you know, I want you throwing this way, this pitch, so on and so forth. And, you know, then the kid's elbow falls off and he's like, well, he wasn't cut out to, to pitch at this level then. It's like, well, was he or, you know, right. was there something more at play there? But uh, I, I don't think, you know, when, when you're getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars to play the game, they can look at you and say like, well, you know, we expect a certain level of, I mean, if you're injury prone, you're not going to have a job. Right. You know, if you're... If you're always sore, you're always hurting, you're always on the DL. You you know, you can't get can't get their money's worth out of you. They're not going to keep paying you. But that's when it's a job, right? You, you, when you're you're a commodity to them, is, right. is really what it is. You're, they are you're paying an asset. you you're an asset. for your arm. Yeah, you know I mean that's what it is. And at some point or another, somebody's giving you what you said, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars for you to throw until right. you can't throw anymore. <laughs> like and when you when they've used you up, then you're done. You know you know you know, you know when you. When you can play the game and say, "Well, when it falls off, it falls off." If you're not getting paid to play, when you when you when you're in your twenties and you haven't gone anywhere, yeah, right? And you're calling, I, calling it a career. I threw I threw I threw an inning a couple weeks ago. Falls off, falls off. <laughs> I don't have to care. There's nobody paying me thirty million dollars. Right. Anything. Right. Yeah. Listen, if it falls off, there's a girl sitting in the other room who's going to be ecstatic that I don't say four times a week I'm going to play baseball. Like, and you know, and at that point I can really dive into coaching more. But you know. Here nor there. Um, speaking of the whole training side of things, um, you know, and this is something that me and you talk about all the time. And, you know, I also know that we have differing philosophies. Weird. We never disagree. Yeah, that's never happened before. Um, you know, but we also have, you know, slightly differing philosophies on it. And, you know, I, oddly enough, <laughs> I was sitting at, I was sitting at the building, at the palace, at the factory, the, there you go. We're getting it. It's becoming more it's natural. Becoming like say it, isn't it's it? becoming yeah, a thing. It's becoming a thing. So, you know, every I was, I was sitting there, and I wanted there was. I, I I went there to take some BP. So this was late spring, early summer, somewhere in there, maybe. And there was a Canadian gentleman there with with his kids, who I believe somewhere along the way are in your program. Okay. And there's a few of those. Yeah, okay. yeah. You know, bunch, bunch of hosers playing baseball on the American side of the American side of the ditch. Listen, they gave us Tim Hortons. They can do whatever they want. I'm just saying, like it's that's fine. Starbucks is better. Hot um, take: Tim Horton sucks since uh, Burger King took see, over. We don't, Burger we, King we don't sucks. We don't disagree ever. That's just one more thing. I like right. 
So we were talking about, you know, he he came up to me and said, I was sitting at the desk like waiting for, um, I believe there was somebody in the cages that I couldn't go hit. And he came up to me and he said, you know, something along the lines of any, any tips to help a, I, like, I don't remember off the top of my head how old, how old his kid was, you know, but X amount of year old kid to throw harder and hit the ball harder. And I went, yeah, get in the weight room. And he goes, well, you know, but I mean, there's, there's gotta be other ways. I'm like, no, there's not. You want to hit harder, hit, hit the weights. You want to throw harder, hit the weights. You want to run faster, hit the weights. You know, if your body is able to move heavier weight better, it's going to move your weight easier. You know, you're going to be able to swing that bat faster and harder. You're going to be able to, you know, do the things you need to do at a stronger level. And he kind of gave me the, you know, the argument of like, well, you know, this is the, the, the go-to for everybody. What about Dustin Pedroia and Jose Altuve? They're not big guys. They don't need to be hulking individuals. Look at these dudes. You know, they're, you know, Jose Altuve may look comically small looking standing next to Aaron Judge in the All-Star game. But at the same token, like, they're they're ripped. Oh, yeah. There, there, there's no shortage of athleticism there. Like, and there's are. no shortage of strength there either. Right. I mean, cause I'm sorry, to be that size and swing a bat hard enough to put a ball over a fence at a major league ballpark against a major league pitcher, you're not weak. You're not some string bean that, you know, is walking around at a buck twenty-five soaking wet playing second base going, well, I'm just as good as that guy. Well, no, that guy's six six and naturally gifted with size and strength. You're not. You gotta figure it out. What are what are what is your take on the on, on such things and so because I know and I'm this is this is a loaded question because I know you had some issues with this earlier this year. Well, so I mean I think it depends on I think it depends on the kid. I think it depends on the age of the kid. I think it depends on a lot of things. Um, our, simply our two levels of baseball. You are a varsity baseball coach. I'm a modified and or middle school baseball coach. The weight training that you might have a varsity athlete do is not the same type of exercises that I would have a middle schooler do. Um, we just got done talking about how you know asking your middle school body or asking your young developing body to do something it's not prepared to, I think that kind of extends into the weight room as well. Um, that you can do agility training you can do resistance bands you can do core work coming out of your ears there, there's nothing wrong with push-ups sit-ups planks you know what i mean uh, band work jumping jacks lunge it you know what i mean there's plenty of things you can do to work and strengthen without you know forget the term throwing iron around you know what i mean um i, I think that for varsity athletes yeah we can we can squat we can do we can do chest we can we can roll in there we can hit the weight room and we can develop our more mature adult bodies more than my middle schoolers can. Um, but I do understand the comparison. I've had a great many parents talk to me that, well, he's not a little guy. Look at Altuve. And it's like, please don't compare your 11-year-old to Jose Altuve. It's not, we're not Jose Altuve. It's, it's the same thing as saying, like, I want to hit like Ichiro. Ichiro is the only guy to hit like Ichiro. That's why he does To mimic it or try to adapt it is just silly because he's the only guy in professional baseball that hits that way. It doesn't even make any sense to do that. Um, Rick Rick Lancelotti always said, "I don't care. You can stand on stand on your hands and shove the bat up your butt. And if you hit 500 doing it, who am I to fix it? But as soon as you have a problem, I'll probably fix something for you." Right. But uh, and that, and that's just what it is. You know what I mean? That these guys are, are adult men in peak physical, unbelievable condition. Um, 
and that, and that just speaks to, to the athleticism of, of baseball players in general. It's I mean the, the tubby baseball player isn't really a thing. I mean like I know they exist in the pros, but I mean I, you might be able to count them on one hand. I mean I can't. Would, think, would you I would you would you consider CC tubby? Um, as somebody who's six seven, I think there's there's a height factor there. Now, Aaron Judge is six seven, and they are not the same body type at so, all. So, so the answer is yes. CC's tubby. Correct. So again, so we got you're gonna go through them now. We're gonna try to name. <laughs> you're gonna try to get the six just to tell no, me. No, no, I'm not. Hand. No, I'm not. I just one, I listen. Would, I want I want to I want to drop our first big sexy reference here. Uh, you know, my 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 main man. Because that dude gives me hope that I can throw throw in the show. I, it's, still. Like I, I'm just saying, like it's just that even if we did get to a handful of them, I mean, out of hundreds, if not thousands, of, of professionals from single A to to the professionals, like how many overweight, like yeah, not, you don't have to use the term fat, but like really just just overweight, unathletic professional ballplayers. I mean, I, not, I would not, li- I would like to see pictures of the last ten years of drafts and see if there's a single kid in there that looks like Bartolo. That's what I'm saying. Because like, so, it's like, so, not a thing. So he's one, right? And I'm thinking, like, I mean, looking at, like, so David Ortiz was a, was a different build. Prince Fielder was a little bit of a different build. Pablo Sandoval is a different build. So, like, I understand Kung those Fu guys. Panda. That's not right. So I, it's not like they don't exist. They're they're there. They're around. But for the most part, you can for, count, the, for the majority of you can count, <laughs> You can count players, as many of those as you can your Pedroyas and Altuves. Uh, like. Right, right. They we're talking, I mean, you're just playing, like, the law of averages here in the middle. Then, I mean, again, now the Yankees are my team. It's just a thing. I think the most... I don't even want to say out of shape person on the ride. I mean, like like Luke Voigt's a first baseman, and he looks like a, a, a brick porta pot. I mean, he's just jacked. He's not fast, kind of lumbers around. I mean, but he just I, I'm not somebody you'd want to meet in the dark alley. Like he's right. just ripped, and but he's the most quote out of shape one. As random right. as that sounds. Well, I mean, again, because and we're we're talking professional athletes. Correct. I mean, you know, and again, these are guys that have. have millions and millions of dollars to pay somebody to say cook my fe- food yeah, for me cook, and <laughs> cook, cook, cook my food for me, and, and, and me and this other guy you know yes. train train me for two hours a day in the off season and hey other guy like you know analyze my swing as best you possibly can right. and, you know and you know and, and i th- i like what you brought up about how you know the, the the different worlds we live in as far as age being a factor mm-hmm. and you know they're there is some truth to it, but I also believe that what you're doing at the seventh and eighth grade level, as far as you know, workouts with kids, should prepare them for what they will be doing as they get older. Sure, I think you you can introduce it. I don't know that I would give a full fledged weight room routine to a to a middle schooler. You know, and I know that like it exists. I know that I, I see on Instagram like parents have chose to take their kids to whatever CrossFit uh, right. whatever again whatever your CrossFit's workout stupid. Of, Whatever, whatever your workout of choice is. Hot you're, take, you're, CrossFit's I, stupid. Whatever. So, but, but they're throwing plates, and they're, they're, they're doing squats, and they're doing military press, and they're doing clean and jerk, and they're doing all these their deadlifts, and they're going after it. Now, it's not 200 pounds. It's, it's, it's relevant to their, their size and their weight. So it's not like it's a bad thing, but it's, I, it, it needs to be monitored. I think Absolutely. Te- technique is very important. I think, I think, I, the, I think the, the right coach is a big deal. That If you got some guy who's just telling you to throw plates around, and he's not paying attention, like, how do my twelve-year-old throw his back out? Like that's not something that should happen because you were deadlifting the wrong way. I, you know, it's just one of those things. Listen, man. I mean, you you know me and my history of back problems and where they came I from. Mean, you and me both. There's a couple and, of variations uh, on this couch right now. You know, so and it's funny because I, you know, I was very, very much against the Olympic lifts for a long time because of my own, you know, my own run-ins with them. But uh, 
you know, we have had a few conversations and done some research and whatnot about certain things. And, you know, a lot of it has to do more with proper form, proper technique, the build up to it. I mean, you know, you're, you're talking to a guy who, you know, my, my realm of the Olympic lifts was, Hey boys, it's max out day. So throw a bunch of plates on and try to impress your coach right. type stuff. Um, you Coach know, is watching. Coach is watching. Put more plate on. Put more, one more, more well, out. I mean, you know, even <laughs> even for football, we had you know we we had our max out days. Like there were there was a day that you were coming in and you were putting as much as you could on the bench for one rep. There's as much as you could trying to do a clean for one rep. You know, and how many how many kids in high school practice a clean? I mean, it's not a clean and jerk. You're not pressing or clean and press. It's you know, just a clean racket and stand up, and then put the weight down. Right. How many kids really rep that through high school? You know, oh, here's a deadlift. Well, I, I didn't. I, <laughs> I was I, not something that went down. You know, here, oh, here's you know, here, here's a hex bar. Stand in the middle of it. Grab the grab the two handles and stand up. That was that was the coaching that a lot of us had on deadlifts. Mm-hmm. Squatting. Put the bar on your shoulders. Walk back. Squat down. When we say good, stand up. And guess what? Guess how I hurt my back. Right. Standing up with a lot more weight than I should have been handling for what I knew what I was doing. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I think you know, I, I think that there's something to be said about introducing kids to the form. And there's ways to do it. You know, uh, the you know using kettlebell swings as a way to unlock a hinging hip movement mm-hmm. that leads to a squat. You know, doing dumbbell squats, stuff like that. You know, where you're you're holding a 10 pound weight in each hand. It's not like you're you know, really risking a ton, you know, putting, especially putting weight across your shoulders, you know, doing a dumbbell press as opposed to a straight up bench press, you know, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, You know, I mean, and that's my opinion. Like I said, you know, we, we, we talk about this all the time. I I would love to see the factory getting used to it, you know, add in some, you know, get a, get a power rack or two in there and stuff like that. And I know you guys got Johnny D in there doing his thing and I don't, I haven't seen his his little station in a while, but you know, I, I would love to see some of that stuff. I think I, I think it would, you know, benefit all parties. But you know what, John John's very much into, and I don't mean to, to speak for him, but I think he's he's very into uh, functionality, using your your own body to the best of its potential. There's a lot of resistance training, a lot of a lot of working well within yourself. So now that you said that. Well, yeah, if you, you work weight and you, your, your body gets used to pushing that weight, pulling that weight, standing with that weight, that it will handle your weight better. But I think there's there's a fair amount of, of, of coordination to go along with the resistance training, which you know what I mean? So it's a lot of, uh, again, squats and, and lunges with resistance bands around your knees and um, you know flick, hip flexor things going over hurdles and backwards and just stepping and lunging. And there's just a lot of um, working functionally within yourself. Right. Um, before the snowing plates are on. And I honestly, I use that quite a bit. Now, he uses that at all levels, whether he's training um, some other professional baseball players, um, people playing independent ball, wherever they might be, or you know, some of our 12-year kids in the building, 10 you whatever. He does small kids and, and older guys alike. Um, but I, I like a lot of that for my Modify guys, dealing with a group of individuals that are specifically going through puberty, like almost literally right in front of my eyes. When somebody yells, go team, and their voice cracks on the bench because they're just not quite there yet. I'm sorry, it makes me giggle every one, time, but one, maybe that's one, just one, that's day, one day you walk in. Hi, Coach Austin. Next day, hey, Coach. That's right. So I'm saying it's just, and, and all of these kids, I, I 70 kids in my modified tryouts, and they all of them have hit puberty at different times. Some of them not at all. Some of them halfway. Some of them started two years ago, and they're six one and 165 pounds in my tryouts, and I'm like, what? what? 
what did your parents like? like what did they feed you? Because this is awesome. And, we need to get all the kids eating the same thing. That you're right. And furthermore, why aren't you trying out for JV? All right, one of those fifty-nine. Right. Oh. 50, all right. <laughs> seventy-five. Okay, you're in the wrong spot. You need to go down the hall and see Coach Anzalone. He's the JV coach. You know what he's talking about. But uh, you know that a lot of they're just uncoordinated yeah. middle schoolers who. You know, mom said to buy him three pairs of pants in the last year because they, they keep getting too short on him. He's got three new pairs of cleats last year because his foot's gone from a size 7 to a size 12 in a year. And and then that's what we're dealing with. The kids that they, they very much come to trials, and I can tell that they're a talented ball player. Um, but, like, literally, like, they went down to field the ball and, like, and their foot kicked it, like, before their glove got there. You know what right. I mean? Like, they, they couldn't control their own feet with knees, their glove. They knees just, and elbows, man. Right. It's knees just and an elbows. uncoordinated group. So, like, I love agility ladders. I love footwork drills. I, you know what I mean? I love that stuff. Absolutely. Because it gets them, not only is it a great conditioning exercise, but it just gets them working with their own body. Hand-foot coordination, if that's a thing. You know what I mean? It's just, Absolutely. You know, I, and, I and I, I like I and I. I mean, I've always done agility ladder stuff like that with sure. my guys too. And you know, especially when I was coaching anywhere, we we did a lot of that functionality. I mean, we really every week. Really, every really, week it was yep. it was what whatever I could find to make things burn and sore and make muscles get worked that wouldn't otherwise be worked right. in a normal baseball practice. And you know, I. I I think that working that hand in hand with actual weight training is where it's at. And it's, it's one of the things that like, you know, I've, I've read up and I need to read up more on the conjugate method, which is a modified ver. It's, it's basically power lifting for non power lifting athletes. Sure. And what it does is it mixes a lot of those things in with the actual, you know, loading of plates. It's having dynamic speed days on top of power days on top of, you know, days where you're working other auxiliary muscles and things like that. It's, it's actually been a, f- a fun thing for me. Like I said, it's it's actually what what has turned me back around to maybe the Olympic lifts aren't as dumb as I thought they were because my back hurts sometimes. Right. Like, you know, and I I think getting the education on that is kind of where, kind of where I've come from. Because like I said, I mean, you you've seen the things that I do with my guys. You you've seen the, you know, the the types of things that you know, especially when it comes to conditioning stuff mm-hmm. like that. I use a lot of those things. You know, when we run stairs, we don't just run stairs. We do different things to make the stairs mean more than just you're going to be tired. You know, like when I when I played, we ran stairs. And for those of you who who don't understand the layout of Lancaster High School, there's these demonic stairs that like one the, like the first floor is senior hall, the second floor is junior hall. Or I think maybe they switched it now. And at the end of this hallway is a double stairway where one you know you go up along the wall, it turns halfway. And you go up into the hallway down the middle, and then there's another one going down that's that mirrors it essentially. And you know when I played varsity baseball at Lancaster, when I played any baseball at Lancaster, that was conditioning. Twenty minutes of just running. You go up the stairs, down the hallway, down the stairs, and around back up the stairs. You know when I do that with my guys now, it's you know first first minute or two. It's you know when we do ten. If if they really irritated me that day, we do fifteen minutes. But you know. First minute or two, it's one foot per stair just co- coming up and going down the hall. Then it's two feet, then four feet, then bunny hops, then one-legged bunny hops, then, you know, other... Two, two up, one down. Yeah, yeah like right, two, two up, one, you know, making, you, you know, working coordination, working your brain, working those quick, quick step things. And then, you know, there's some that are, you know, every other step, every third step, if you can, stuff like that to increase the explosive power. And then there's, there's other days, we go in the weight room and we get after it, you know, and that, that was something we added this year that we're... We actually had a lot of our kids asked to do more of next year, which 
it's totally in the works. Get ready. You know but, what, I, what I'm excited to implement too is a lot of things that uh, again in my conversations with uh, with Neil Turvey and again his his father, Mister Turvey, the other Neil Turvey. <laughs> there's 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 four of them for those of you who don't know that there's there's a whole lot of Neils running around. Sure are. Um, but you know I said that with, with baseball practices that almost everything you're doing should be baseball related. That, it, that there's so much going on in every game of baseball and just and everything that, that gets, they, this game has been around for 140 years. That there's there's something applicable to everything you're doing. So like your run to warm up shouldn't just be a run. You can do a, a two base drill. You know what I mean? Guys running uh, home to second on a double, going first to third on, on, on a ball into right field. Then you got guys that are scoring on a single and guys that are tagging from third and scoring yeah. and taking a jog up to one. Um, you can do fly ball reads. You know what I mean? Just anything you can do to get them thinking while also warming them up and getting them ready to, to do baseball things. It doesn't just have to be a, all right, guys, say just jog the bases twice and uh, all right, do like some high knees or whatever, and then, okay, then play catch. Like, you know, that we can do stuff right from the get-go that gets them thinking baseball from the second they show up to the moment they leave. That it wasn't just a run for running's sake. It was... Yeah, a baseball themed run. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's I mean that's that I like incorporating. You know, we we do that at the varsity level where you know they they start with you know they're on the line like they have their lead, and you know some days it's on a verbal go or back, some days it's on reading me or Del, me and or Delfonso and or Hafner and or you know if we have somebody else there helping out, um, you know pickoff moves. And it's literally, you know, first time is half speed, second time, you know, first couple times are half speed, then three quarter speed, then full speed. And like, you know, sometimes it's, you know, I, we yell back, they dive back and then we yell go. So they got to pop up and go. And, you know, it's all things to get the blood flow and get the blood working, but it's not just running for the sake of running. Right. You know, and it's, you know, anything, anything that helps the cause really. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Well, we're at about the 42 minute mark, actually right on the 42 minute mark. Um, anything else for the good of the order? Anything else you want to cover? Talk about? No, I think that was, that was pretty good. That was my my inaugural voyage on this uh, on, tip of the cap. On the old, right. Is this your first time ever on a podcast? Ever? Yeah, no, for sure. Podcasting's fun. I enjoy it. I feel like I'm talking to myself, but you sure? Yeah, no, yeah. Well, yeah it, that, it, it's, it's, I mean, we're we're literally recording conversation between the two of us that other people are going to listen to and either agree or disagree, and they're going to think we're spot on, spot off, or shut it off after five minutes. I don't know. We'll figure it out when we get there. Right, exactly. Right. But uh, want to uh, want to drop a shameless plug for Aces Baseball before we go? Winter tryouts, like oh, you know, you want, yeah, sure, websites, we yeah, things no, like so that. We get the so again, so infernobaseball.com is our website. Um, all of our www.infernobaseball.com. Correct. Yeah, there you go. Doing the whole uh, right here in Depew, New York. Yes. Although we're in Orchard Park. I was currently. just I'm like we're not in Depew, right? That's not a thing. Uh, yeah, trials are next week and the following week um, using both Garnett Park and Lawson Park. Uh, Garnett for our younger guys, uh, 9s, 10s, 11s, and 12s, and then Lawson for our 13s, 14s, 15s, 16s, and up. And now, are, are they, I, maybe I missed it, are they, outside, are they all outside or something? Yeah, like? no, we're going to be outside. Any, any okay. chance we can. Now, if we're going to be inside, we'll be at our, at our indoor facility, you know. The factory. Yeah, the factory. The yeah, factory. Not indoor park no more. Um, but yeah, we'll go inside if we can. But yeah, anytime we can get outside for trance, we absolutely will. That's the goal is to see those fly ball reads and to see that stuff outside. That absolutely. That's a good indication of, of what you got going on. Cool. Well, uh, I think that's all we got for today. Thanks for tuning in. Um, you know, like it, share it, subscribe to the Podbean. Um, I'm probably going to end up starting a Twitter account for this because God knows I don't have four Twitter or three Twitter accounts as it is. So may as well just add another one. Um if anybody's interested in other sports stuff, 
uh, Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast. We just dropped a new midsummer episode where we talk about sports movies. You would enjoy that. I recommend it. I don't, you know what? I'm a little upset. I was not invited. As your sports movie friend, I mean, like, I get, I get Taylor and I love him to death. I'm a, I am like the sports movie guy. I'm just saying. Listen, we have a fourth microphone. Feel free to come and rebuke. I would prefer to cuddle around yours, but whatever. If I have to get my own, then that's fine. Listen, go, I'm, I'm talking I, into it right now. This one doubles down for my other podcast. All right. So, um, Hats, Tats, and Tats podcast. Find that on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You know, we do all the social media with that one. Um, and I got to do one more quick shout out here. Anybody who is out there listening that is bearded, Wild Oak Beard Co. Um, my man, Nick Debbins is, it's his own business from his house. He does everything. It's what's got my beard looking so fresh, so clean all the time. And, uh, you know, giving him a shot. He actually just sent me some new, some new cool stuff. And if, uh, if you want to get some cool stuff from the website, enter the promo code nightmare 10 and it'll give you 10% off your order. Give it a look. It's good stuff. It's quality stuff. And it gets the beard feeling nice and soft. Get you past that scratchy stage so you can like, you know, grow a real beard like a real man. Um, I think that's all I got. If that's all you got, thanks for coming on, bud. There you go. Yes, sir. Thanks you know, I, I, I always like talking sports with you, so uh, yes, we'll probably end up doing this again. Yeah, hit me up. Long run, you know where I am. Right on, right on.